Yeah, thank you, Don, and thank for all of you that are uh, part of that giving. It's just going to be an exciting thing to be able to reach more people and touch more people. Hey, my name is Paul, and um, a welcome to all of you. Welcome back to those of you that maybe came here for the very first time on Easter and decided to just kind of check out this place and, and see what it's all about. Easter was big here, a lot of people, um, a lot of food, a lot of name tags. I saw name tags in my sleep, I think. I had nightmares over those kinds of things. But it was a good weekend, and, and I'm really, it really it just encourages me, and I'm excited about the future of this place and of what God is going to do in, in our lives and through our lives here at Mariners. We have great people and an awesome God and Savior. Today we're going to talk about, and we're starting a whole new series um, as we talk about spirituality, and we're calling it Keys to Spiritual Growth. Now, no matter where you go and, and who you talk to, and, and this happens quite a lot, you know, people will say, well, you know, I'm a, I'm a spiritual person. You know, have you ever heard that? People say, well, I, I'm, a, I'm a spiritual person. Maybe they hear you go to Mariners or maybe you're, you're reading your Bible and they say, well, I'm a spiritual person as well, no, no matter where. And, and we understand that. It, it, it makes sense to us, you know, because God made us like that. And there's something that on the inside kind of tugs at us into realizing and understanding there's, there's something more. Now this happens, and, and you, you have these conversations, and you feel it all around. This past week, I went to Bakersfield. I did, on purpose. Yeah, really. Mm-hmm. Yep, I did. Um, and I did a memorial service there, and I was careful to look at what kind of people actually live there, you know, that choose to live in Bakersfield. And, and guess what? They're not too different than any of us, okay? On the inside, there is a spiritual part of life that they want to see grow and they want to see develop. And that's true, I'm sure, of you as well. What are the keys, though, to developing that spiritual part? I mean, I mean, I mean, what are they? I know the keys to growing myself physically. I know how to, to, you know, to get in shape. I know the keys to that. I know the principles behind that. I know kind of the principles of, of growing mentally. You know, I, I, I know that. And even emotionally, I understand some of the ways that we, we can do that and expand ourselves. But spiritually, it's kind of a whole different thing. You know, how do you develop and how do you grow yourself spiritually? And that's what we're going to spend the next couple of weeks talking about to really move into that realm. And, and before I go any farther, let's just take a second and pray. Okay, so God, thank you now for these moments, this time we have. And I pray that you would use it to further what you want to do in our lives and for your glory and, and for your name. We thank you. Amen. Well, the first word um, for spiritual growth is, and you'll see it if you're doing the outline thing, the first word is, is the word surrender. Now, look at that word, surrender. I don't like that word very much, you know. Um, surrender means I give what? I give up. I, I, I give up. And, and who wants to, to be known as somebody who continually gives up? I don't. I hate giving up. I mean, I'd rather sometimes die than give up. A few years ago, a friend and I were, were playing basketball outside at uh, Cunha, and two high school kids came by and wanted to play a little two-on-two. And, and, I, and I, mean, I told them, I don't know. I mean, we're, we're, we're kind of old and out of shape for you guys, you know. And they said, that's no problem. And so we began to play. And, and you know, I'm not 18 anymore. And, and, and they were ahead of us. And at one point, one of the kids said to me, wow, you guys are old and out of shape. <laughs> and then he said, you just want to call it? You just want, to just, just want to call the game? And I channeled my inner Steph Curry at that point in time. 
And, and, and we came back and, and we beat them. Like I said, I would have died rather than lose to these kids. Because once they threw down the challenge, what? I ain't going to give in. I'm just not going to give up. No way. Now, now um, there is a poem out there, and, and it's read a lot at, at graduations, and, and it's got kind of this challenge in us, and, and it kind of digs us deep in our soul. It's called Invictus, and you may have heard this one before. And it says this, Out of the night that covers me, black as the pit from pole to pole, I thank whatever gods may be for my unconquerable soul. Isn't that just tough stuff, you know? In the fell clutch of circumstance, I have not winced nor cried aloud. Under the bludgeonings of chance, my head is bloody but unbowed. It's like, ooh, I like that. It matters not how straight the gate, how charged with punishment the scroll. And here's the part you've heard before. I am the master of my fate. I am the captain of my what? Of my soul. And part of me says, I like that, you know. I, I like that part. My head is bloody, but unbowed, and master of my fate and captain of my soul. But what if that thing that I hang on to is the very thing that would hold me back? That head that becomes unbowed is the thing that actually would keep me from doing the very thing that I want to do and being the very person that I would want to be. Two situations in Jesus' life, two, two guys encounter Jesus and they are different yet the same. And I'm going to read them both and we want to kind of put them side by side. Um, story of Mark, it's sometimes called the rich young ruler. As Jesus started on his way, a man ran up to him and fell on his knees before him. Good teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Why do you call me good? Jesus answered. No one's good except God alone. You know the commandments. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not give false testimony. You shall not defraud on your father and mother. Teacher, he declared, all these I've kept since I was a, I was a boy. Since I was a kid, I did these things. Jesus looked at him and loved him. One thing you lack, he said. Go sell everything you have and give to the poor. Then you'll have treasure in heaven. Come, follow me. At this, the man's face fell. He went away sad because he had great wealth. You got it in your head, rich guy, religious guy, spiritual guy. Um, again, he's called the rich young ruler, top of his game. Most likely to succeed, and he did almost. Now, the next is in Luke chapter 19, and we looked at this a few weeks ago. Let me just read it. It says, Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through, and a man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was the chief tax collector, and he was wealthy. He wanted to see who Jesus was, but because he was short, he couldn't see above the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree to see him, since Jesus was coming that way. When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. All the people saw this and began to mutter, he's gone to be the guest of a sinner. But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, look, Lord, here now I give half of my possessions to the poor. And if I've cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. Now, now put these guys side by side. You know, you, you, do, you do a comparison. Of these two, both had money, both had influence, and both had some success in life. First guy was 
rich young ruler. Second guy, though, Zacchaeus, was different because while he was rich um, and successful, he was really a kind of a traitor to his people. And um, I wonder if these guys had graduated from the same high school class the same year, one would be voted most likely to succeed, the rich young ruler, and he did. The other guy would be voted maybe most likely to be a jerk, and, and he became one. And when Jesus approaches them, they had two entirely different responses when Jesus said to them, in a sense, I need you to surrender. And that was the word that got to them. The rich young ruler couldn't. He couldn't do it. He just, he just couldn't. And Zacchaeus did. The results were very different. Night and day. Rich young ruler, it says, went away sad. And Zacchaeus threw a party. And here are the different outcomes of surrendering to Christ. And, and I would just think as we start on these you know, keys to spiritual growth and life and health and, and, and all of that, You've got to start with surrender. It's the first one. It's the first one because all the others can only happen once you have now surrendered your will and your heart to God. What is surrender and why is it so tough? Why is it so hard for us you know, to, to surrender? I was, I was driving up um, Highway 1 one time and um, up, up one where, where it, it goes from two lanes to, to one, just a little bit above where Main Street cuts back in again. You know, and those of you that have to do the commute in the afternoon, you know it's always the back up there, you know, trying to get the two lanes to come into one. And I was watching, and there was a guy who was on the right side trying to, trying to get in, trying to merge in, waited a little too late. And, and there was a guy there in the left lane that would not let him in, you know, would not let him in, no way. I mean, he was an inch behind the other guy's bumper behind him. You know, maybe it was one of you. I don't even know. But there was just no way in the world. And he'd, the other guy would try and go forward, and this guy would zoom up, you know, and he'd, he'd back up, and so he'd slow down a little bit. I mean, it was just this incredible thing. And, and it's almost like the guy in the car was, was thinking, you know, if I let him in, I will lose testosterone or something like that. I mean, something was going on in this guy's mind. And, and, and we understand it. We do it too. I will not let you in. Because letting you in will somehow reveal that I am, I don't know, I will not surrender. And I just think, what's wrong with us, you know? What's wrong with us that we do these kinds of things? And what's wrong with us is the very thing that keeps us from spiritually growing. And surrender is a spiritual problem, and it has spiritual origins. And that means, and we're going to talk about that, it's going to have spiritual solutions, Surrender, again, is a spiritual problem. It has spiritual origins in our background, in our past, and the only solution is going to be a spiritual one. Back in the book of Genesis, and we're going to go back to Genesis a lot because this is where the mainspring of humanity snapped and broke and something got all screwed up inside of all of us, and we inherited that. And the Garden of Eden is not just a garden story and it's not just a story about fruit being eaten off a tree. There's a lot more to it than that. Let me just read. It says, the Lord commanded the man, you are free to eat from any tree in the garden, but you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, for when you eat from it, you will die. Okay, now the issue is not necessarily just the tree. The issue is God has said, please don't do this one thing. Don't do this one thing. There it is. God said, please, I know what the best interest of your heart's all about. So, now, here it comes, and this is Satan's temptation now to them. It says, for God knows, this is now the temptation that comes to us. God knows that when you eat from it, your eyes will be open, 
and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. Now, again, it's not just simply the fruit looked good to eat. What looked good to eat was I then don't have to surrender to anybody or anything. And I can be in charge of my life, and I can be master of my fate. I can be captain of my soul. I can, I can do that. I can be like God. I don't need someone over me. I can do that. And they ate, and they became masters of their fate, along with all the issues that go with that. And when we, quote, eat, or when we choose to not surrender to what God wants for us, we become masters of our fate and captain of our souls and all the issues that go along with that. So the first thing Adam does is he blames Eve. Why? It's because if you're captain of your soul and things go wrong, you can't blame yourself. I mean, you can't do that because you'd have to surrender to the fact that there's something broken on the inside of you and you can't do that anymore. And so you blame others. It's not my fault. It's her fault. And I do couples counseling, and there's this whole big deal of surrender that is not happening. Again and again and again, the issue is who's going to give in first? And neither one will, and neither one does. And they get into this, we've talked about this one before, this incredibly unhealthy cycle. I'm not going to give in, I'm not going to give in. Well, if he's not going to give in, I'm not going to give in. And if she's not going to give in, then I'm certainly not going to give in, you know? And it goes round and round and round and round, and it spins down the bowl. No surrender, no back down. And you go back to the story of the rich young ruler. What was the big deal? I mean, what's the big deal? It wasn't money. It's going to be who's in charge of this thing? Who's in charge of life? Who's in charge of my life? And, and I actually want to be master of my fate. I want to be captain of my soul. And you're now asking me to give up. Who's in charge? See, this is why surrender, again, it's a spiritual issue. It has spiritual origins. And therefore, the only solution to it is going to have to be spiritual. We don't want to have to bow to anything and give up ourselves. So Jesus makes this very pointed statement. Whoever wants to save their life will, what? Lose it. If you want to save your life, hold on to it, not give up. You're going to lose it. Whoever loses, another word for surrender, whoever surrenders their life for, for me, Gonna find it. See it? And again, this gets to the very core of my heart. It gets to the very core of my soul. To give up to God. And all of a sudden, man, I, I come face to face with a God who is overwhelmingly more powerful than me. Why in the world do I try and stand up to him like that? Let me tell you what surrender isn't. Surrender is not bargaining with God. It's not if God will give me a happy life or the life I've scripted for myself, then I'll you know, be nicer to people or I'll go to church or I'll give myself to him. If God does this, then this will happen. That's manipulation. Surrender is surrendering to God alone, not to what God will do. Surrender is not a pick-and-choose thing. You know, and, and this is why I'm really not a big fan of, of religious stuff. It's not picking and choosing what we give up for God or what we have to do for God. And that's why, again, I'm not not big fan of man-made religious rules like giving up stuff for religious holidays. God, I'm, I'm surrendering so much for you. I'm giving up chocolate for Easter, you know. It's like that's not what he wants. He wants your soul. He wants your heart. He wants all of you. 
we pick and choose to, and we set the standard of what God wants. And then we think I'm good because I gave up eating peeps for Easter. You know, big deal. Surrender to God is not a one-time deal. It's not a one-time thing. Some of you may have had a great experience on Good Friday. You know, Good Friday we had the cross here in the middle. had all these big, ugly staples in it. And we were able to take kind of our sins and time to the cross. And, and maybe some of you at that point in time said, I, I'm giving my life to Jesus. I, I, I've had enough of my own self. And you realize that grace is free. Or, or maybe Easter Sunday for you was a time when you made the commitment where you said, I'm surrendering. Now to this, I want my name to be forgiven and free. You know, God, you love me so much, my life so much, take it. And what happens on Monday? I know what happens on Monday. I gave my life away, I surrendered, but, but God, you know, my white flag that I gave to you, can I borrow it back for a couple of hours, you know? Can I take it back? You know, I just, I just want to borrow it for a little bit and start being in. And then it comes back to me and I kind of like the feel of that flag in my hand, you know? And I think maybe God will keep it for, for today. Do you, you follow the, the imagery of it? We kind of take it back. Surrender is a process. It's not one event. And there may have been a defining moment in your life. Some of you was like at Hume Lake at Christian camp or something where you gave your life to Christ. It's an ongoing day by day thing again and again. Jesus said this, he said to the crowd, if, if any of you wants to be my followers, you must give up your own way. Take up your cross daily. And taking up your cross meant basically die to yourself every single day, daily, continually, follow me. Well, well what it is um, and what really surrender is, is it's yielding and handing my will over to God and his purpose in everything, every day, every moment. Yielding and handing my will and myself over to God all the time. No matter what it costs, Jesus' call to you was come and die so that you might have life. And you may think or may say, I don't think I like that. I get that. I get that. Because now it's attacking the very core of your soul of having to surrender and take your head and bow it down to somebody else. It's the old nature that wants to creep back in. Well, how do, how do I do that? How do I surrender? And, I, and again, I think it's a one-shot, first-time deal that's ongoing, if that makes sense to you. Um, one of the points, I think, is, is continually do it, is always reacquaint yourself with God. And I know that's an awkward way to put it, but that's how I said it. And I don't know how you guys do it. I don't know how others do it. But sometimes I know I'm back to my old habits of taking charge. I've yanked back my surrender flag. I've borrowed it back on a permanent basis, you know. And and I have to reacquaint myself with God because I'm now starting to do things my way, my time. And I think this is one of the reasons why God gave us Bibles, so that we never stop becoming acquainted with God. I mean, and reacquainted with God ever. Um, ever. On Friday, I, I just turned to this passage in Joel. Who reads Joel? But I turned to it, and I had underlined this a long time ago. And, and, and this is how I, it helped me see God again, get to know God again. It says, even now, declares the Lord, return to me with all your heart. Tear your heart, not your garments. Return to the Lord, for he is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and abounding in love. And I remembered, yeah, that's the God. That's the God. 
that loves me. This is the God I want to serve. And once I see that, God, it's easy to hand back the flag. Do you see how that happens? And this is why I'm not big into you have to read 10 chapters of the Bible a day. You know, if it helps you, great. I got to the, that chapter, that portion, that verse, and I just said, God, I spent my time with you now. I'm good. I see you different. Sometimes I turn to Job 38 and, and read that, and, and, and that's Job getting his faith back, and it's cool. Second point is come as a child. Come to God as a child. Surrender as a child. Have you ever seen a child surrender and just put his or her arms up in the air to mom and dad? That's a cool thing. It says the Lord is like a father to his children, tender and compassionate to those who trust him, for he knows how weak we are. He remembers we're only dust. I think I'm a lot more than dust. But then when I come face to face with a great loving God, I realize, yeah, calling myself dust is an, is an overstatement, I think. You know, I'm less than that. This was not written by a wimpy guy, by the way. It was written by the warrior king named David who killed lions and Goliath. Um, and then I would say involve God in every component of life. Write in your outline if you were Romans 12, 1 and 2, and then go home and, and look it up. Romans 12, 1 and 2. Because it says, um, I urge you by the mercies of God, present yourselves, your bodies, your whole life, a living sacrifice to God. Your whole body, everything, and every single component of your body to God. Say, God, today, every part of me, my mind, my hands, my feet, what I think about, what I do, how I act, my response, my emotions, I present it to you as a living and holy sacrifice. And when I sacrifice it, I, I surrender. I think the greatness of a, of a man or woman, child is not determined by how long their head can remain unbowed. I think the greatness is determined by their surrender. Bible says, my grace is all you need. My power works best in your weakness. So I'm driving to Bakersfield, okay? And it's a Wednesday afternoon, and I'm on I-5. And actually, believe it or not, this time of year, I-5 is tolerable, you know? You're driving down, and it's not that bad, and, and the sun's beginning to go down, and, and, and um, the clouds are kind of puffy off to the west as I'm heading down there, and the orange groves um, are in bloom. And the smell began to come through. And I'm thinking, this isn't so bad. It's, it's, it's really pretty. I mean, I know. Close to Bakersfield, right? You know, and I'm driving down. And, and so I, I get off I-5 on Stockdale Highway. And I should have known that's a bad sign when something's called Stockdale. But anyway, I need to get to the hotel. And, and, and I don't know how to get there. And it's now getting really dark. And so I, I do my little GPS coordinations. And I, and I hit go. And it gets me off the freeway and, and it has me doing this and then it has me doing that and then this and then that. And I'm now going through farm roads, you know, in the Central Valley and no longer is it orange fields and orange tree blossoms. I'm now going by the Bakersfield dairies, you know, and the smell coming in my, my window is a little bit different, you know, and also there's for some reason I decided to, my car decided to eradicate half of all the bugs in the San Joaquin Valley. They all hit my windshield, and I'm not kidding you. It sounded like raindrops, you know, 
all over. And I can't see, and, I'm, and I'm, the bugs are fierce, and, and I'm, I'm alone, and it's dark. And the only thing I've got is this Google Maps thing saying, you know, turn left on Weed Patch Highway. And there really is a Weed Patch Highway there, you know. And then turn right on Armpit Way, you know, because that's Bakersfield, right? And I'm, and I'm driving through and go straight on Hades Drive and all these kinds of things. And the bugs are smacking. And I'm driving really slow, you know, and, and, and I turn on Furnace Creek Avenue or whatever it is. And I'm thinking, this is not right. You know, this isn't the right way to go. I think it's a different direction. But I had to surrender, you know. I had to surrender. Because the place got too big for me and I got too lost. And at first it may be a little bit like the way we feel about life, you know. Oh, life's easy peasy. I got this. I can, I can handle it. Well, at some point in time, life gets really complicated. It gets really complex. There are relationships you can't, you can't figure out anymore. You know, maybe your marriage that was going so well all of a sudden is now not doing well at all. Or a connection with your kid that was wonderful when they were 10 and 12 and 13. They're now 15 and it's a challenge and it's beyond you now. Or maybe financial stuff or health stuff or just, just it becomes overwhelming. And you're turning here and there's bugs smacking the highway and it's dark and it stinks. And you're thinking, I, I'm not quite sure I know where to go. But if we continue on the way we think is right, we will make big mistakes and we know that. And so what we need to do is we need to bow our heads and turn over the captainship of our souls to someone else. And there's a voice within you that says surrender to a God that loves you. Not an it, but a God. Um, a real one that cares and loves. And I would invite the worship team to come on up now. And um, I'd like us to kind of seal down what we've talked about just with a moment of reflection. Maybe you'd bow with me, please, if you could, just to kind of clear out some of the stuff that's going on around you and some of the thoughts around you. And Within you, because it's within me too, is the desire to be in charge and in control. And surrendering that seems like it's a sign of weakness. But we know what not surrendering has led us to. It leads to self-centeredness and self-focus and selfishness and all kinds of problems. And God is not trying to disempower you. He's trying to give you the power of his work within you. But that only comes through a surrendered soul. And so I would invite any of you this morning that have never, ever surrendered to God that way and said, God, your way's better than my way. Your thoughts are better than my thoughts. Your plan for my life, I cannot, I cannot get to heaven on my own. I need Jesus Christ. I need him. So fill me right now. I need that forgiveness. I can't be good enough great thing is you don't have to be the hard part surrendering that is so hard but just say to God yes I surrender I surrender to you right now today and for some of you maybe you're borrowing back your surrender flag give it up again you know, God's asking you to forgive that person and you've kind of held on to that flag and you know 
you feel like if I, if I surrender and forgive or if I do that, I will lose power. I will lose control. That's okay. God knows what you need. and God will do his good work. Or maybe surrendering your finances to God or surrendering your attitudes. Give them up. You will find life there. You really will. And so, Jesus, thank you. God, thank you so much. <laughs> Sometimes the way up, we have to go down first. And the way to victory is surrender. And that's cool. That's great. And bless these people this day. We have a beautiful day ahead of us, God, to live in you, live for you. And so, use us in Jesus' name. Hey, thank you guys for being part of today. I appreciate you coming out, and uh, I hope the traffic's a little easier to get home than it was to get here. Um, if not, hang out here for a while. We've got donut holes and all that kind of stuff. Hey, there's people around you you haven't met yet. I'd encourage you to shake someone's hand. Let's stand together. We're going to finish with the final song. God bless you guys. Love you. Have a terrific day.